We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Swing it along with the left. That's a grand slam. This is Sports Open Live on America's Sports Voice. Touchdown, Kansas City. KMOX. One hour down, one more to go here on a Tuesday night, a full two-hour edition of the program. On the way this hour, we're going to talk uh, Missouri athletics, both football and basketball with Gabe DeArmond from Power Mizzou. He'll join us in about 15 minutes, and then at about 7.35, our guy, Daniel Esteve from uh, Fox 2 and Channel 11. He'll join us. We'll talk everything with him because we like talking to Daniel, and we like talking about a bunch of stuff, but uh, wanted to get somebody on today certainly to talk about uh, the schedule release with uh, City SC. Matt Pajeski, sports producer extraordinaire. Matt Pajeski, do you, like the the schedule release thing for City? Does that do anything for you? Does it make it seem like it's more real because now there's a schedule to kind of go along with sure. it? Yeah, and uh, you know, certainly talking about the uh, KC rivalry that has yet to happen, but I think will be a thing. I think that's really interesting. Uh, I you know didn't grow up as a, as a soccer guy, so this is definitely kind of my introduction into the sport. And, uh, you know, at least at a professional level. And, uh, you know, I heard rumors of Lionel Messi being, I don't know, traded or signing with Miami and that they're going to be playing in St. Louis. So there's a possibility we could see him in St. Louis. So all of that gets me pretty excited. That would be, yeah, I mean, you know the names. That's the thing. And so many of these European superstars end up in the MLS at the end of their careers and you see them. And it's really cool because you know just like their stature. Here's some of the breakdown, by the way. For City SC. So their season opener is going to be on the road in Austin on February 25th. Their home opener will be against Charlotte on March 4th. Uh, They are going to play 34 total games, so 17 at home. 13 of their home games will start at 7.30. Two of their home games will start at 8.30. One game will start at uh, 12 o'clock. They're going to have three national TV games. Uh, We mentioned earlier just uh, when they're going to play against uh, Sporting KC because that's going to be fun to see. I hope a lot of St. Louis fans make the trip to Kansas City. I feel like in the... From like a sports rivalry standpoint, and this is not to dismiss Cardinals-Royals, but it's... (laughs) Cardinals fans don't care, right? Cardinals fans don't care about the Royals. Royals fans care about the Cardinals. I think they used to care more about the Cardinals before they went to their back-to-back World Series and won one of them. There was a severe inferiority complex from Royals fans. Severe. And I don't mind the Royals. I think I've talked about this before. I spent a couple years working in the Royals organization as a minor league broadcaster. So I've got a soft spot in my heart uh, for the Royals. But I also, before any of that, I went to college in Manhattan, Kansas, 
where 90% of my friends, if not more than that, were, were hardcore Royals fans, and I was a Cardinals guy, and I just know their dislike for the Cardinals. And it was always like, Cardinals fans don't care. They don't care about the Royals. They care about the Cubs. Uh, they care about other teams that might be at the top of the National League from one year to the next. But Cardinal fans, they, they just don't care about the Royals. So St. Louis, Chicago has some good rivalries. Cardinals, Cubs, Blues, Blackhawks. Uh, when, when the Rams were here, it never really felt like they ever built up that rivalry. You know, early on, it was the rivalry with the 49ers. And, but I mean, you're talking about a, there's no regional aspect to that. All the while, the Rams are playing in the NFC West. And yet, you, you know, the weird division thing where you're in the West, but you got like Atlanta and New Orleans. And like, it was just, yeah, it, it never felt in, in all those years that the Rams were here, it never felt like they had a great regional rival. The Chiefs were not a great regional rival. The Bears were not a great regional rival. The Colts were not a great regional rival. And maybe if the Rams would have stayed here and we would have gone through some more moving around of divisions, maybe at some point in time, the Rams would have been matched up with some of those teams where it could have turned into a little bit more of a regional rivalry, but we never had that. So we're we're missing or the the two cities that were really missing rivalries with that are cities that are very close to St. Louis are Kansas City and Indianapolis. And now you might get that with Kansas City because, again, Cardinals-Royals, I'm sorry, with all due respect to everybody involved with the Royals, that's not a that's not rivalries have to be a two-way sort of thing. And people just don't care about the Royals that much. So hopefully this can turn into something. Hopefully it's going to be uh, that – that stream of cars on I-70 headed to uh, headed to Kansas City leading to that. I think I've told this before. Like, one of the coolest things that when I grew up going to, I would go to, you know, Missouri football games on a Saturday or something. One of the things I always loved, I loved it. I loved driving on I-70 to Columbia, and I loved seeing all the cars with the tiger tails that were hanging out the back, uh, the back because I, I felt like I was part of something. I, you're all driving. There's all these people. They're all going to Columbia. They're all going to the Mizzou game. Everybody's got something on their car to show what they're doing. And it made you feel like you were a part of something. So I'm hoping just for for the fun of it, because sports rivalries are fun and traveling to games is fun. I'm hoping that when, when City SC plays in Kansas City, that there is just a caravan of people coming from St. Louis to go to Kansas City and vice versa. The good folks in Kansas City can certainly make their way into St. Louis and we can have some fun uh, when they're there as well. All right, so 34 total games for City. 26 of the 34 will be Saturday games. They are going to play five Wednesday games. They're going to have two Sunday games and then they are going to uh, play one Tuesday game. The vast majority of their games will be against the Western Conference. They are going to play just seven games against the Eastern Conference. That includes their home opener against Charlotte on March 4th. Uh, one other thing, and I want to go back to something I was talking about before the break. If you weren't with us then, of course, you can always go back and listen to the podcast. If you're listening right now on the Odyssey app, you can rewind. That's one of the cool things about listening on the Odyssey app. If you're not listening on the Odyssey app and you can't rewind right now, you can just find the Sports Open Line podcast whenever you want it, kmox.com and the Odyssey app as well. 
I was thinking about the story that we talked about at the end of last hour about Carlos Correa and how the San Francisco Giants are holding up signing his contract because there might be some medical concerns. And again, you need to be very, very sure about his medical status because he's if if they do sign the deal, it's a 13-year agreement. So that, that can go bad really quickly if somebody isn't able to play much. And he doesn't have a history of playing full seasons. He has injuries every single year, which results in him missing time. So the Giants have to be really careful here. But I was thinking about this. Let's let's go to a hypothetical world. Let's go to a hypothetical situation where this contract explodes, where this contract between Correa and the Giants just does not happen. Is there any team that has had a more disappointing offseason than the San Francisco Giants? Because they went after Aaron Judge and they went after him hard. And they thought they had him. So much so that John Heyman reported that Aaron slash Arson Judge was going to sign with the San Francisco Giants. And then that doesn't happen. So what do they do? They take all their Aaron Judge money and they throw it at Carlos Correa. And he agrees to a deal, but he's not yet signed it. And now there's worries about medical concerns. If somehow, some way, this deal does not get done and Carlos Correa goes back into the open market, who has ever had a worse offseason than the Giants? You think you have Aaron Judge signed? Nope. You think you have Carlos Correa signed? Nope. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't. I think he's going to be a Giant. And, again, it would shock me if he's not. But this is a this is a notable story and a notable development. And if it becomes a worst case scenario, then the Giants have just had as disappointing. No matter what else happens, they have had as disappointing of an offseason as you can possibly have. Coming up on Thursday night at the Enterprise Center, it is the Bragging Rights game. Hopefully the weather holds off. We were talking about that earlier. But a lot going on right now with Mizzou Athletics. Football game right for the bowl game. Basketball game right for bragging rights against Illinois. We've got a lot to get to about Missouri Athletics. We'll be joined by uh, Gabe DeArmond. He covers uh, the Tigers for Power Mizzou. And he joins us next at Sports Open Line right here on KMOX. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... 
They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's men's Billikens basketball action Wednesday night as they take on SIU. Pre-game 647, tip at 7. Hear the game here on your home for Billikens basketball. Kangamo X. This is a Matt Pajeski special right here. He's shaking his head now. Easy as Christmas pie five. Tim Renwick from uh, Christmas Pick and Mix. Is that anything I should know, Matt Pajeski? No, nobody knows it. It's okay. okay. Hmm. All right. You, sometimes you hear music and you have no clue what you're listening to. It's Sports Open Line here on KMOX. Luckily for you, you're not tuning in to listen to music. You're tuned in to listen to talk and specifically talk about uh, Missouri athletics. We're about to go back to the uh, Quiver River guest line. Here's what's going on with Missouri athletics right now. You got football game right for their bowl game. Uh, You've got basketball game right for bragging rights coming up Thursday night here in St. Louis against Illinois. So uh, with all that being said, we are very happy to welcome on to the program. He is uh, Gabe DeArman. You can uh, read him. He uh, covers Mizzou for Power Mizzou. Power Mizzou is on Twitter at powermazoo.com. Gabe, thanks so much for uh, taking some uh, time with us today. How are you? Yeah, no problem. Not bad. What's going on? Uh, yeah, we just uh, wanted to get into a couple things for you. Let's start with uh, football. We found out earlier this week that Eli Drinkwitz, he's going to be calling plays in the bowl game after Bush Hamden uh, made the decision to leave for Boise State. That part's not shocking. I guess the big question, though, is what does this mean moving forward? Do you think they're going to bring in another play caller for next season? I mean, I would think so um you know the contract extension gave him 1.2 million extra dollars to use on his coaching staff hamden was making 550 so blake baker got some of that in in a raise but they've got plenty of money available you would think that they're going to go after an offensive coordinator now whether that's you know somebody that calls plays or exactly how it goes i don't know but yeah I, i would think they'll bring in somebody with the title of offensive coordinator once the offseason gets going. What's the profile of the type of offensive coordinator who maybe comes in and calls plays that you think would be best for the Tigers? Well, I'd, I'd be shocked if it's somebody that, you know, he just, just comes in and he says, yeah, here's the keys, do whatever you want. I think it's going to be somebody he's probably familiar with that that is going to run his offense, you know, and and that's what the players here are used to, and, and next year's a big year. I don't think they want to start over. So if people that are just picking names out of hats, you know, I, I think you're kind of wasting your time. I think it's probably going to be somebody that, that's got somewhat of a background in what Drinkwitz already does. To that extent, and, and you reference not wanting to, to start over, how important are these next really 12 calendar months for this program just in the sense of, Next season, it can't be just barely getting into a bowl game. There has to be that that obvious improvement. Yeah, six and six, and six e- even if you say, well, but this kick and that play and we were almost eight and four, that doesn't matter. You're six and six, and that's not good enough next year. Um, look, this, this extension ratcheted up the pressure. Um, they expect to win. They expect these recruiting classes 
and what he's done in the portal last year and starting to do this year to translate into on-field results. And that absolutely needs to happen next year. Even Drinkwood said a few weeks ago, you know, the schedule sets up where we could get off to a pretty good start next year. So once you say that, they, you know, they've got to do it. Gabe DeArmond from Power Mizzou continuing to join us at Sports Open Line on X. Let's switch gears, talk basketball. From a schedule, for a record standpoint, very good, 10-1. and one. They've got a couple good victories in there. The Wichita State win in Wichita is nice, winning against Central Florida this past weekend. Uh, that, was a, that was a good win as well. I guess from a big-picture perspective, and you just following this program the way you do and covering it, have you been at all surprised by their record? They haven't played a great schedule, but they've won almost all of their games. Yeah, the record is really what it should be. I, I mean, UCF, that could have been a loss, so they could be a game worse. But they've played three teams that have the talent to, to beat them with any regularity all, at all, and they're 2-1 and one in those games. So, you know, I, I thought going into the year they had a pretty good chance to go into the KU game at 9-0, and uh, the Wichita win was, was solid. UCF win was, was a nice neutral court technically win you know um and the kind of win that look if you can string some together in the sec and and all that can get you you know into that maybe on the right side of the bubble which i think is the goal they're 10 and 1 i think they've got 20 games left and the goal needs to be to go 500 maybe 21 somewhere around there but the goal needs to be to go 500 in the rest of those games and if you're sitting at you know, 20 wins with this schedule, I, I think you're going to have a shot. You, it may not be good enough. Um, they, they've got they've got some tough games coming up, you know, with uh, they've got after Illinois, it's Kentucky and then Arkansas and then they get Vandy, but then it's Alabama. I mean, they're, I think, probably going to be underdogs in like seven or eight of their next nine games. They've got this game Thursday night, the annual Bragging Rights game here in St. Louis. They'll take on uh, Illinois. Do you get the sense that uh, Dennis Gates understands just how big of a deal this is and the type of environment that's going to be on Thursday? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, we talked to Dennis a little bit after uh, after the game on Saturday. I haven't talked to him since then. And he is very under – like, he doesn't like to talk about the teams they're going to play. Uh, going into the KU game, like he talked a little about the the atmosphere and environment, but he doesn't say a lot of that stuff in public. Uh, you know, I do a, a podcast and we had DeAndre Golston on yesterday, and one of the things I asked him was, "Were you guys ready for the the uh, Kansas atmosphere?" And he said, "You know, you like it didn't surprise us, but you can't really be ready for something like that until you're in it, right?" And I, I think Saturday's going to be kind of the same way, and I'll be interested to see it. And I think weather might hurt it, but yeah. interested to see what it's like. I mean, Illinois obviously got a top 20 team. Missouri fans are excited about the way things are going with the new coach. So I think it would have a chance to be a pretty good atmosphere. Probably not sold out, not like some of the ones we saw back in, you know, the 90s and the early 2000s quite yet. But, um, but I think it would have a chance to be a pretty good atmosphere if people can get there. This might be a dumb question. You could tell me if it is. Uh, going back, though, to the Kansas game, because you talked about the environment. It had been a really long time since Missouri and Kansas played, and it's not this thing where as students come in and there's a Missouri-Kansas game every year, you experience the environment as a freshman, so then you're able to you know, add to it as you go along through your four or five years in college. This was something that was brand new to the 18- to 22-year-old student body at Missouri. What was done to kind of help them understand the importance of that game and the way the environment should be and, and, and all that? 
Yeah, I think a, a lot of them probably had, you know, friends, relatives, parents, whatever, that, that explained it to them a little bit. Um, I don't know if the athletic department did anything. I, I mean, I'm not sure you have to to really hype it up. And, you know, somebody had said on our message board after that game, they said, did did it? the people on the team really, really understand this rivalry? And I said, no, and, and nobody's going to going mm-hmm. forward. Like the, the students at Missouri, they don't. They know it's a big game. They know it's Kansas. They understand, hey, there's a lot of hate in the past, but it doesn't mean as much, and it's not going to mean as much, and it's not going to be the same because they're not in the same league. It's a one-off. Um, it, they're not playing twice a year for, for conference standings and just so much familiarity with guys that played each other, you know, six, seven, eight, nine times in their college careers. It's never going to be quite like that again. So they're in the stretch right now of four or five games being Kansas, Illinois, Kentucky, and Arkansas. They're 0-1 in, of those games, and we're obviously pulling Central Florida out of there. But those being four or five, what's what's success? Is it finding a win in one of those games? How, how, do, you, how do you assess the, those four specific games coming in a fairly short amount of time? Yeah, I think one win would be good. Um, you know, they'd be sitting... I, the UCF win was big. I, going into that five-game stretch, I said, if you can find a way to two and three, that's phenomenal. So if they manage to get one more, they're going to be 11 and three with all three losses to top 15 teams. You know, there's there's no shame in that. I mean, this season has never been about, is Missouri a top 15 team? Would anybody with any sense knows that they weren't. This season is, is more about, okay, can you beat UCF and Wichita State? And then can you beat the teams like Ole Miss and A&M and, uh, you know, some of these teams that are in the bottom half of the SEC that, frankly, you haven't beaten lately. And, and can you get up to be in that seventh, eighth, ninth range in this league? And if you can do that, you're going to be in the tournament conversation. So that's really what this is about. I mean, yeah, you're going to have to pull off one of those somewhere along the line because they do play a lot of ranked teams. You know, the SEC is really good this year. The top five in this league are, I, I would absolutely put them up against the top five in any league in the country. So, you're going to play six or seven games against those teams. You add Illinois and, and Kansas, and right now Iowa State's a top-20 team in the non-con. So there's plenty of opportunities. Um, the schedule strength, the net ranking, all that is going to go up. But, yeah, you're going to have to find a couple wins uh, in that group along the way somewhere. He is Gabe DeArmond of Power Mizzou. Follow them on Twitter at PowerMizzou.com. Gabe, thanks so much for this time. Really appreciate it. Hopefully we can catch up again in the future. All right, sounds good, Matt. Thanks for having me. Gabe Yarman from uh, Power Mizzou joining us here on Sports Open Line on the Quiver River Guest Line. We're going to go right back to that Quiver River Guest Line because we got Daniel Esteve from Fox 2 and Channel 11. He joins us next. Sports Open Line here on KMOX. Swing it along with the left. That's a grand slam. This is Sports Open Line on America's Sports Voice. We continue on here on this Tuesday night. It is Sports Open Line. Tomorrow we are going to have a short program for uh, St. Louis University basketball. We get out of here a little early. Normally on Wednesday nights we have our uh, Countdown to Opening Day Cardinal show. That will run across the Cardinal Radio Network tomorrow, but not here on KMOX. Instead, that will run uh, coming up on Thursday when we have the full two hours available. Right now, let's go to the Quiver River guest line. We're very happy to uh, welcome in our guy. He is Daniel Esteve. You see him on Fox 2. You see him on Channel 11, and you hear him right now. Hey, Daniel. Hey, Matt. How's it going? Good. How are you? 
Doing well. Doing well. I got to spend a little bit of time with family before the holidays and uh, just taking a little bit of a break before uh, before we really ramp up the uh, holiday season and, and more and more St. Louis sports. Are you on vacation right now? So right now I am on my last day down in Texas uh, visiting some family and uh, and then I head back tomorrow morning to uh, to produce uh, Fox 2 Sports with Martin Kilcoin. Look at that. You're working. You're doing a radio hit on a vacation day. We love it. Are you uh, are you going to be at Bragging Rights on Thursday night? That's the plan, yes. I've had it marked on the calendar for quite a while. It was actually one of the first events I covered um, when I started in St. Louis. So Lutheran St. Charles, the state championship was the first game I covered. And then kind of that first big moment down at Enterprise was the bragging rights game. I'm hoping for a better game this year round. And, uh, and I'm expecting one too. You're a Mizzou guy. Is it, uh, like, I always think I, I, I want to see the Cardinals win, but I've never had like a challenge of not cheering in the press box. Like for whatever reason, whenever I've covered professional sports, uh, there is, there's no worry about how I'm feeling and, and how I'm acting during that game. But like when it comes to my college, that's a little bit different. Like that's where I went. That's something that I was a part of. Do you find it challenging to be covering a Mizzou event and not really be kind of you know, not doing anything to uh, show where your allegiances lie? I don't think so. I think I'm kind of enamored by the uh, the spectacle as a whole. I think the experience, whatever it may be. So I was at the Mizzou football's home opener. I was at Mizzou, Kentucky. I was at the uh, Border War just last week or the week before when it was Mizzou, Kansas. And that one, of course, kind of stole the show. You almost get lost in the fact that, oh, I should capture this. I should get this. You know, because you're kind of putting together a story as the game goes by, you kind of lose that that sense of uh, of pride in your own school. But at the end of the day, you know, if the Tigers are doing well, I'm going to be in a better mood. So maybe that'll help out the reporting just a little bit. And honestly, from a story perspective, it's always nice to have kind of whatever it is going on, whatever the event is, cater to the story that you'd like to tell. And if that changes, then all right, you change your story, and you obviously have to have to adjust. But you know, a Mizzou upset over Kansas would have been a great story to tell. That gets you kind of amped up. You're almost rooting for that story to go through. But you obviously have to be at the end of the day and be ready to uh, to adapt as it comes. This Mizzou basketball team, though, I mean, they haven't played a great schedule, but they're 10-1, and one, and that, that Kansas setback notwithstanding, they're coming off a good win against Central Florida. They're in the middle of a really tough stretch where four of their five games are Kansas, Illinois, Kentucky, and, and Arkansas. Uh, but it just, man, it feel, it's a tiny sample size, but it really feels like uh, Gates has got this program in the right direction. Absolutely, and I think for so many people that wanted to kind of blow it all up after the Kansas loss, one, Kansas is going to beat a lot of teams this year, and they're going to beat a lot of teams bad. They're a great team, regardless of if I went to Mizzou or not. Kansas is stacked, and they're going to continue to show that. And they were amped up for that game at Mizzou Arena, no doubt about it. But you look back at, one, the expectations you had for Coach Dennis Gates and the Missouri Tigers heading into this season, they were not high. I think you're thrilled if you're getting 10 wins, let alone 10 and 1, to start your season. And then you look at some of those wins. Yeah, it hasn't been the most difficult schedule in the world, but Wichita State was a great win. Dennis Gates talked about it after the loss against Kansas. Then you talk about UCF. Wasn't, uh, it wasn't pretty, but the way they won it was awesome. That's going to build a lot of momentum. And they were leading for a lot of that game. So there are so many positives to look at with this team while still understanding that the expectations weren't going to be sky high for year one. As long as you're seeing development, you get excited about the future. And I think right now you're excited about the future of your Missouri Tiger basketball team. 
All right, so City today, they announced their schedule for the upcoming year. It's What do you say? Schedule's announced, so it starts to feel real. You don't really know how to evaluate anything, but we know when they're going to be playing. Uh, It just seems like it's another mile marker more than anything else, as all these things have been accomplished as this this team has come into existence, starting with the City 2 season, playing that uh, exhibition, opening up the, the stadium for the first time getting some players on the roster that next thing is that first announcement of their first schedule yeah absolutely and i mean let's not let the mls super drafts go unnoticed i mean that's tomorrow a lot of people looking forward to that you got the first overall pick i believe coverage starts at four o'clock that's going to be a huge day for st louis city sc as well being able to bring in that first cornerstone as far as a college talent and then you've got that first game the development continues and i like the way you talk about a mile marker or a milestone because that's been the whole product of this. You're talking about bringing in Lutz Spanish deal back in 2020 to get kind of the ball rolling on this huge project and how they've hit everything so well. You've got to admire the work that the club's been doing. And finally, I think the word you're looking for is relief that you see that schedule coming up. Because, yeah, it does make it feel real. And for me, a broadcaster, finally being able to give you a specific date rather than oh, we think it's going to be at the end of February or early spring or whatever it may be. We finally have the set date. You can book it in your calendars, and uh, and now you can start to worry because you've got yourself a pretty tough matchup to kick off your campaign against Austin. They're, yeah, they're going to open up February 25th down in Texas against Austin, and then they're going to open things up for real with their home opener on March 4th when they take on uh, Charlotte FC. The, you know, there's still a ton of work going on. on this. I, I drive by that stadium on basically an everyday basis. There's construction. There, there's stuff going on. So we got a sneak peek when they played that game against uh, Bayer Leverkusen of what things are going to look like. But for people who are even there that night, there's going to be even more when this thing opens up on March 4th. Oh, absolutely. And the work only continues to go on until that first date, until March 4th when they play charlotte fc and that's great i mean that's what you want to see but you've already seen the foundation of what it could be and what it already is and that's awesome because that was an incredible night that wednesday night playing by leverkusen was unbelievable and unbelievably cold i will (laughs) add i'm not gonna lie i was freezing on the sideline but it was it was going back to the question and talking about mizzou athletics and i mean it was an absolute event and one to look around and even take your eyes off the pitch to to just embrace it all. It was awesome. I think they did a great job then, and it only gives me, we talk about expectations, the expectation that that first game is going to be even better come March. So I was in the broadcast booth that night, and we had our windows wide open, but we also had a heater in the room. So in our room, I'm guessing it was at least 20 degrees warmer than, say, the open-air press box where the rest of the media were sitting that being said, I would step out of our booth and go into the hallway behind it because I was getting so cold and I have never felt like more pathetic compared to other people because the <laughs> other people that were there were literally out in the cold and I couldn't even handle being in a room that had a heater in it. We got to get you in the trenches, Matt. Come on. No. I, had the, I had the gloves and I would take them off because I had a film and I almost missed a beautiful cross from Callum Hudson-Odoi that almost ended in a goal, and even better is Cal Hebert, who headed it out. It would have been an awesome highlight. I'm thinking, yeah, I got the shot. No, I didn't feel my finger when I hit the record button. I was so cold that I thought I hit it, but I just couldn't feel my fingers enough to realize that I did not hit the button, and I was not recording when I was filming that event. It was so sad.
What do you take more pride in, like getting that storytelling shot or like nailing a sportscast or nailing a story? Oh, gosh. I, I love shooting my and i love our photographers at fox 2 they're super talented we've got some great personalities and i love working with them more so because it offers more ideas more input and and kind of lets you diversify your portfolio whenever you're doing your shot however i do love the challenge of kind of going full-on one-man band getting my work understanding what story angle i want to take and getting the shots i need for it and when you put that together the way it originally goes in your mind it's it's rare because oftentimes things change, but when you get it right, start to finish, and that shot's the one that makes it. It's uh, it's few things like it. I love me a good sports cast, but there's nothing like getting that one shot because oftentimes there's only one opportunity to get that shot. Whereas a sports cast, I'm fortunate enough, and Fox Two, Channel Eleven, Martin Kilcoin, they all trust me enough to keep doing it. <laughs> so uh, you get you get more chances at least in that realm. Daniel Steve continuing to join us. Just a couple more minutes with him. The super draft, I, I think a lot of people hear that term and don't understand it and don't know because the, there was an expansion draft. Now there's a super mm-hmm. draft. Like there's, It's soccer. It's different. There's all these terms that nobody knows what they mean. So what's going on tomorrow? So I feel like the super draft is going to be the easiest one for people to digest. You obviously have talent all across the country. They're thrown into a pool, and you're going to get to pick whoever you want in the draft order that you get. Right now, obviously, St. Louis City SC being the expansion team, They've got the number one overall pick tomorrow, so they're going to be the first ones to pick whoever it is they want off the board out of the colleges all across the country. A couple names that come to mind, um, but you've got mock drafts all over the place. Daniel Munia, St. Louis kid, plays at Indiana, was in the College Cup, played really well. They're having him go late, kind of number eight through 15 are kind of the mock drafts I've seen. I don't think he fits the mold, but it'd be really cool just because he's from St. Louis. A couple other names, Winger from Duke to keep an eye on. Um, but it's going to be very traditional. The only thing that may trip people up is the Adidas generation players. I don't think that's something the general public needs to worry too much about. That's just something you may hear thrown around quite a bit. Um, but, yeah, I think it's something that, that people would at least be a little more familiar with. Come tomorrow, 4 p.m., St. Louis City SC will get to pick one of the top players in the country coming out of college, and hopefully they pick somebody that's going to be a foundation of the team for a long time. All right, you're in Texas right now. What's the temperature there? So right now, it is, I'm actually going to play outdoor basketball right now. It is 59 degrees, and that's chilly from where I'm from. We are, we're pretty cold out here right now. Are you aware that it's going to be an estimated negative 2 million degrees when you uh, return to St. Louis? I am. I am. I'm, I'm not looking forward to it, but I am bringing back a couple more sweaters that I left at home way back in the day. All right. Fair enough. He's Daniel Esteve. You see him (laughs) on Fox 2. You see him on Channel 11. You follow him on Twitter at Daniel J. Esteve. And he joins us on his vacation day as he is going to go play basketball outdoors in Texas. Daniel, always love our conversations. We'll talk again soon. Hey, you're the man, Matt. I appreciate the time. All right. Very good. There's Daniel Esteve joining us here on Sports Open Line, and we appreciate him taking a few moments with us. So there's something I wanted to talk about today about the future of sports on TV. We might be able to get to that. We may push that till tomorrow. We also want to hear from Craig Berube as the Blues are in action tonight. So we got a couple more things we got to get to before we call it a day. One more break. We'll come back, have more. This is Sports Open Line on KMOX. 
welcome a new Cardinal season. And soon, you will be hearing this. A swing and the ball's hit down the right field line and deep. A two-run blast for Contreras. This is new Cardinals catcher Wilson Contreras, and you are listening to KMOX. KMOX is Cardinals Radio. Sports of Line continues here on KMOX. Just a few moments left in the program. Blues are in action tonight. They're going to puck drop uh, in about an hour. Nine o'clock is the start time this evening. Have a little bit of bad news. The guy who had a hat trick yesterday, Jordan Cairo, he is not going to play tonight. For more on that and much, much more, uh, Craig Berube spoke with the media just moments ago. Yeah, I mean it's an upper body injury. Okay. So you're not you're not willing to say it's so. No, I'm not it's an upper body injury. Okay. Yeah. What did you think of the hit by Well I don't it was it was a clean hit. It was shoulder to shoulder, you know. It's kinda of surprised a bit I think mm-hmm. more than anything, you know. But yeah. it was a dirty hit, but yeah. uh, do, you, do you think it's maybe a sign in a way that, you know, Kyrie's Kind of attracting attention in the league. A lot of times, those the star, you know, the other team will try to rough up the star player a little bit. Uh, <laughs> it's just hockey. I mean, he's finishing his check. I mean, I don't, I don't read it into it any more than that. Okay. I really don't. Like, I mean, he's a good player. Yeah, and people are going to try to take the body on him. That's part of the game. Yeah, yeah. Chief, what are your options with him out What are my options? Yeah, what are your options? Like line wise, or like what he who goes in? Brown's going in tonight. Yeah. Will he be on that line? Or? No, no, he won't be. Yeah. Uh, how about uh, Walker? Those sticking up for him. You got to like that. The smallest guy on the team. Well, Walker's uh, plays with a lot of heart, you know, and uh, good team guy, and that's that's the kind of stuff he does. How about Seattle's improvement as a team? They're in the yeah. playoff contention. Uh, they play a fast game. They're you know a hard-working team. Um, big D core, you know, big D back there. Um, you know, they they come with a lot of pressure everywhere. They don't give you, and they they they're stingy defensively. They're they're um, they they play a real good system. Um, and like I said, they um, they take time and space away from you. Do they look maybe different than when you saw them before? Or? Defensively the same, but they added some scoring this year, and they're scoring a little bit more. So, uh, you know, the young kid Berniers is a hell of a player. Um, brought a lot of offense to their team. Barakowski brought offense to their team. Um, so I just think there's an improvement there. So Cairo will just kind of, kind of be a day-to-day? With yeah, them. right now. Okay. No, thanks. All right, so that was Craig Berube speaking just moments ago in Seattle as the Blues are in action tonight. And the big news of the day, Jordan Cairo will not will not be playing tonight as they try to extend their win streak to five straight. He got uh, hurt on a check last night, and now he's out. Uh, doesn't seem overly concerned about it. So and, and they get some time off after they play tonight. They're not going to play again until Friday. So maybe he plays on Friday. Maybe they take the opportunity to not have him play on Friday either, and you get a lot of rest because uh, they'll play tonight's game, and then they'll play Friday in Vegas, 
and then they won't play again until next Tuesday when they're home here against uh, Toronto. So uh, they only have a few games here over the next uh, week or so. So possibly an opportunity if you don't you don't you're not playing them tonight. If there's any question about whether you should play them on Friday, just don't, and then you're able to give him that extra rest, give him basically a full week off before he has to play once again. 314-436-7900 as we are wrapping things up. So we'll talk about this. Oh, we'll talk about it sometime this week. I really wanted to get to it, but we just kind of ran out of time today. I'll just I'll just kind of uh, whet your appetite because there's going to be a lot of people who might not be happy about this. And Matt Pajeski, what is the thing that if I bring up, I know, I know I will get all kinds of reaction to. Apple TV Plus. Apple TV Plus. And the Cardinals game that aired on Apple TV Plus. All right, we're not, you can busy out the phones. We are not taking calls on this right now. There is a report came out of the New York Post. And for the, like, for those of you who don't know, it's like we have in St. Louis, we have Bally Sports Midwest. And there, there's Bally Sports, regional sports networks all over the country. Not every city has a Bally. There's also like AT&T Sportsnet. Uh, in Chicago, like the Cubs do their own thing. They're on marquee. But there's a lot of Bally Sports networks across the country. They got sold from Fox to a company called Sinclair that had like a holding company that was kind of running it, but Sinclair was running it. Sinclair's not allowed to run it anymore because uh, they they were they just lost control from the company. They're in all kinds of financial issues. we got all this cord cutting going on right now in the country. So not as many people have access to all the Bally networks and the regional sports networks. So you put all that together, they're in all kinds of financial trouble. And they're in all likelihood going to have to file for bankruptcy. There was a report in the New York Post that said Major League Baseball owners and NBA and NHL owners, for that matter, are preparing for local sports rights to leave over the air cable and for the local sports rights to go to streamers. So there would be no Bally Sports Midwest. There would be no games on local cable. Instead, the Cardinals or any other team can sign a deal with with Apple, can sign a deal with Amazon, can sign a deal with Facebook, can sign a deal with YouTube, and all of the locally produced games would end up being on streaming and not on cable television. We're going to talk more about that later on this week. Just just want to prepare you for that conversation because I know, I know what the reaction is going to be. So you can you can sit on that for a day or two, and we'll uh, we'll revisit that conversation coming up later on in the week. Don't go anywhere at your service on the way next. My name is Matt Pauley. This has been Sports Open Line on KMOX. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.